Hey, everybody. Welcome to tonight's Late Night Happy Hour. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is Tuesday, right, Andy? No. Today is Monday. Today is Monday. And we're Today starting off. <laughs> we are starting off the week. Uh, the first we, of March. That's right. Uh, we, we finished February. We're now into March. Moving right along. Um, and a uh, fun guest tonight. We had a conversation earlier this afternoon with Ali Khan. Uh, you guys know him from Food Network, from uh, Cooking Channel, from all kinds of other stuff that he does. And we have him listed all out because he's hosting basically everything food related on TV. Um, so, uh, yeah, we covered all kinds of stuff from food television to how to construct the best In N Out burger you possibly can, plus, Andy, a McRib hack. Yeah. Everyone's going to stick around for. And a deep so, discussion about ground turkey. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't think you could go next level on ground turkey, but no, you can't. Again, you can't can. gain a big understanding of ground turkey from this conversation. All right. So, uh, without further ado, let's just go straight to that conversation. Here's Ali Khan. All right. Welcome, Ali. Good to see you, uh, my friend. And uh, all right. So, I, I I know we were talking about this before, but like you you're in you've got your hand in like nine thousand projects. So just list them here. List them list here for them. people so people know all of them. Okay, so Spring Baking Championship season seven is airing on Mondays on Food Network, nine p.m. Uh, West Coast, East Coast, and eight p.m. Central. And then you can do the math on Mountain Time. I get a little lost over there. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, really excited. I did this cool new show called My Fave versus Your Fave with Sonny Anderson, and that's uh, part of Discovery Plus's streaming service. So basically, everything, everything Food Network, and everything like in the Discovery portfolio, which is a lot, you can stream it all, and you can watch My Fave versus Your Fave on there. My series Cheap Eats that ran yes. on Jail for five seasons. all five seasons. All five seasons and a whole lot of best things I ever ate, including an episode I'm sure is near and dear to your heart, Hamburger Heaven, when I go to our alma mater's ultimate hamburger hangout spot, Carl's Drive-In. Um, yes. And then if you just follow me along at Ali Khan Eats, AliKhanEats.com, that's my handle on social media, um, doing all kinds of stuff. I've taken 2020 and that year of pandemic cooking to uh, – new levels. Um, it's actually been really, really exciting. Uh, never felt more confident and more fired up about my own cooking. So, um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's a I lot happening, that, man. Congratulations. Spring, that is a this, lot going on. Yeah. That's right. This spring baking championships thing. Um, first of all, my big question when I watch this is like, I see Duff eating. I see all these other people eating. Whenever I see it's, it's whether it's this show, Chopped, anything, the host never seems like he actually gets to taste anything. Do you actually get to taste what these people are making? Because that so would this, piss me off. This is this is what's interesting. And first of all, being someone who like did a show like Cheap Eats, I've eaten plenty. You know, I have. I mean, how many times are people like, "You're so lucky you get to eat." And, you know, it's a it's a blessing and a curse because it's a it's a lot of work to keep those calories off. This season was different. This season, uh, part of it was part of, you know, COVID regulations. We're all seated at this giant table, and I tasted everything. Now, I'll tell you a little secret. When I hosted this show a couple years ago, a few times, Nancy Fuller, one of the judges, when she tasted something delicious, she literally would, she had like, I'm serious, like a, like a superpower, 
right? Like if she was like an X-Men or X-Woman, she would look at me, lift up the fork, and then she'd give me a bite when it was really, really, really good. This season, I got to eat everything. It was pretty, pretty good. Pretty nice. Okay, I, I was going to say that that's among the many things that would change uh, during covid protocols and things like that we are not sharing forks i assume you wouldn't even not even from duff the you know the most famous cake maker of all time like you you wouldn't let him hand feed you a delicious pastry from one of these contestants no no they're pretty pretty uh, the regulations are are that you know i I will say though i don't i don't think i mean this is this is his colleague brian at this point he's not going to be so starstruck and you know no but i'm just excited to take a He's not going to get a production shut down over this. My oh, God. No, but like oh, everyone turns their back. Everyone, together, everyone turns around. <laughs> Nobody's paying attention. All the all the COVID, you know, set cops. They've 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 walked away for some reason. Duff yeah. offers you a piece of cake, uh, a pastry, something that he has taken from his fork to you. Do you take it? You know, uh, I, I honestly, I'll tell you something. I know Duff pretty well. <laughs> He's not going to feed me like a baby. Like that's just not. <laughs> That's that's just not gonna happen. You know, he would you you would he do he'd give me a song and be like, that was really good. And that's it. No, there's he's can not I offer can I offer an alternative answer? The fuck yeah. is wrong with you, Brian? Like <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? I just I just I'm curious. I, I you know I by the way, that was a very artful dodge as to whether yeah. or not you would eat off Duff's plate. This, oh, he wouldn't offer it to me. Like that, that is a good, that was a very political way to get around answering the question. And it's also, it's factual, believe me. I, I know the guy. He's not going to be like, come here. Nancy Fuller, prior to COVID, sure. Duff, prior to COVID, during COVID, after COVID. He's not feeding. We Don't did, by the way. <laughs> my, my, eight, uh, my daughter's eighth birthday, we did it at Duff's Cupcake Place um, mm. in, uh, off Melrose in, I, I guess it's West Hollywood. Yeah, that was a big, big day. She still has the autographed photo of Duff. It, it's a, it's a lot of fun if people want to go there. Like you, you actually get to experiment on a much lower, you know, less grand scale to the type of competition that uh, you're overseeing. But it is, is the first time I ever learned a what is it fondant or what fondant. Is it called? Yeah, I, I had yeah. no idea. What I that don't was. like fondant. Yeah, I mean that's kind. of This is the thing. That's what's interesting about all this stuff is that. Part of baking, and I think the obsession with it is is the spectacles beyond. Look, I mean, we all grew up around the same era. A good birthday cake was like, it said happy birthday. And there was a plastic <laughs> yeah. car on there, a race car. I remember when I turned eight, that's, that's the cake I got. Now, if it doesn't look like Frozen 3, which doesn't even exist, <laughs> as a three-tier cake? I mean, yeah, no, it's things are next level. But part of that decoration means... Fondant, and yeah, I mean, buttercream's delicious. Buttercream doesn't hold its shape. Fondant does. So it's weird. It's like edible, but not ideally edible. Weird. That and the goodie bags, man. Like, when did it start becoming mandatory that, that you have to do that at every party? It, I, know, I, mean, I remember party favors when we were little, but I don't remember them being as elaborate as they are now. Oh, now it's like, I mean, like uh, iPhone earbuds. I mean, my, my God, if you even just get a whiff of a private school. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's 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 crazy. It's last crazy. birthday party, last birthday party Ethan went to my my son before uh, the pandemic came home with a Tesla. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Um, so like, so how much has like production of what you do like with all of this stuff changed because of the pandemic? Like, I know I asked you 
like Sonny Anderson, who my wife loves uh, from watching mm -hmm. on the kitchen, is doing like everything outside. Like they're back, sure. she's like outside, and yeah. like everybody, I think handles this differently. Like, so what is? How do you make food TV right now? I mean, the first, the crazy thing is, and I'll tell you, it's pretty big championship. Like, probably the most nervous I've ever been in my life for a test was no, not the SAT. It definitely wasn't the ACT. It was when I took my COVID test because when I passed it, I was allowed to get on the plane. And then you take another test when you get there. Like it's, I mean, we, for spring baking, you know, we're, we're, we're tested every three days. We're in a bubble. Uh, when I did the show with Sonny, uh, my fave versus your fave, like same thing had to test before we got on the plane. You know, I mean, for me in quarantine, like I haven't gone anywhere. I have, I've pretty much been home. The only time I've really left and ventured for any significant amount of time has been shooting and it's just involves like constant testing and quarantining and you know you're separated from people everyone's wearing masks you know I, what, what's really interesting is like sometimes like take. yeah what, what's funny you see their masks come off some of the people for a second and you're like oh that's what you really look like there's like a whole slew of people i've met and i only know them from from this <laughs> up you know like literally like you know it's kind of like homeland or something like um yeah it's i mean it's just like everything else every just like going to the grocery store and you're like what what kind of post-apocalyptic world are we in but you know it's all part of it i mean everyone i think embraces it because everyone wants to work and be safe and you know not get sick so have you noticed it uh leading to any type of either increased creativity or sort of different presentations that maybe you would have never thought of before because you didn't have to you know, it's interesting, like, I think that, you know, a lot of this stuff is more, you know, when you do go into production, everything is very kind of regulated and tested and things like that. Um, but you said something interesting, you said creative. Um, on a personal level, for me, I have literally been able to, you know, essentially make tons of meetings uh, basically because of Zoom. I mean, living in Austin and knowing that so many people I talk to are in LA and New York, that divide has become humorous, you know? And what's funny is like, I could be in the same city as someone and we wouldn't even be meeting in person anyways. So it's, it, it's funny, like, I think whether you're, you know, doing something like this um, or even using Instagram and stuff, I feel like the desire of connection and then having to be practical about it and use any kind of like digital means necessary has been very, very helpful in just building, creating content and, you know, creating ideas. So on a personal level, that's been a huge shift for me. Yeah. What I, what I think of is, is one of the things that's, that's kind of fascinating about the pandemic is it's put this incredible emphasis on food in so many different ways from, the impact on restaurants and eating out and dining in all sorts of ways, which is stuff you know that, that we want to talk to uh, to you a little bit about, because you know you do get out and you talk about places you go and you've done cheap eats and you've done uh, mm -hmm. a lot of you know you do all this stuff, but like food, what you make at home, like I know Andy and I have talked about this a lot because we can't take the kids certain places. Like I am way more liberal on hey, you want that? You want extra ice cream? You want to try? You want nachos for dinner? fine you know it's like <laughs> I, and maybe it's the wrong way to handle it but it, it, what do you think about I, mean, it's, I, I don't know if this is a good question or not but like what do you think it is about food that has made itself so important in the pandemic you and, know I, I if i had to like kind of look at like 
what's happened overall with food in general. And before all of this, as food has become such a major part of like lifestyle and it's like a brand and I'm, I'm a foodie, I'm into food. You know, you notice things like, Hey, I'm making pickles. You know, you're, you're returning <laughs> to this, this craft, this time where it was like, I make these things. I spend these time doing these things. And I think in COVID that's really ramped up. I mean, all of a sudden everyone's like, I'm making sourdough bread and making bread's hard. I mean, you, you, you appreciate like the gift that is a supermarket where you can get all this stuff. But you know, all of a sudden, I mean, for better or for worse, time stops and you kind of reassess, well, what am I doing right now? Maybe I should jump into doing something like this. Um, I, I, I feel like, you know, it, when you get into food, so much of it has to do with technology and time and how much time you spend working versus being at home. Well, guess what? Now we're all at home. I mean, we're logging in Little House on the Prairie hours here. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm looking at that jar of bacon grease and I'm like maybe I'll cook potatoes in it you know what I mean like uh, all this stuff that you'd be like I never had the time for you certainly have now I think that's kind of been going a little bit and now it's I mean we my wife really she she has we have a garden it, it all died in the freeze but like we had a full-on garden and she could not keep a plant alive in 2019, okay? <laughs> like, I'm surprised, like, she could keep a cactus alive. And, like, we had arugula before the entire state froze, but that's another story. Well, you know, I, I, another theory I would have in terms of uh, what Brian was talking about with, like, that rise of food and food consciousness and, you know, people really growing obsessed over it during this period, you know, I, I think it's one of the few things that during this pandemic, Beyond the idea of just, you know, people losing income, you know, like actually literally having a difficult time getting food, which is a mm -hmm. separate issue. But for for anybody that that's not an issue for, I think food's been one of the few things you've actually been able to control throughout yeah. this whole year. Like yeah. the, it's one of the few things you actually have control over in terms of the stuff that you either pick up from a supermarket or if you have the means, there are a lot of people who become, and I think I think this is terrific very conscious of the idea of I'm going to order out specifically because it will make me feel better during this period, but also because I want to be putting money into these businesses, these restaurants, trying to keep them afloat. Like in a lot of different ways, I think food is a controllable element mm -hmm. of our lives during this period that there hasn't been much else of. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, I, for us, you know, we started like going camping the cons don't camp. Like that sounds like <laughs> we should, like the bear should destroy us, right? All this time we're spending um, with our families because we have to, you know, because all these other options aren't available. All <laughs> because this time, we have to. Well, you know, and of course like, we love them, you know. It's, it's our, <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. You know, oh, it's, it's totally it's, because we it's have to. what it is. And, you know, all of a sudden, like what's kind of crazy, I mean, you know, Heath, my son is nine, right? He's, he, he, he really likes us. What's kind of crazy. I mean, if he was 13, who knows? What will be interesting is, you know, when we're out of this and look, look, I mean, the vaccine's rolling out, right? Um, you know, two years from now, three years from now, what that will have been like for kids growing up going, oh, I spent all this time with my family and, you know, what that kind of connection is. Um, and, you know, you brought up something really interesting with food too, because it's like, you know, when, when, when all this stuff happened, we, 
locked down and you know we're like well it's you know going out was kind of crazy and you know you're just worried about money and stuff like that it has been interesting now like when i choose to go out to eat that i'm doing it and i don't i mean i'm getting it to go but i'm doing it to support a place and that's it's it, 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 it's it's so funny. It's like it, the whole world, you know, has quote stopped, and now all of a sudden, every choice you do suddenly has so much more significance and value and what you want to do with it. I don't know what it, I, it's crazy. I'm like I'm constantly silver lining guy. You know what I mean? And right. It's and it, it, it's it's so hard. I just found out a, a good friend of mine's dad passed away, which was like, wow, that's the most uh, the closest person I actually know to that half a million number, right? Mm-hmm. But. And it, it's just, you know, I mean, after like going through like 9-11 and stuff, this thing is just like, it's crazy. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, really it's a different thing. deal. It's a completely different deal. Yeah. What do you think endures? Like, because I, I for example, I was, I was, you know, if you go to uh, Ali Khan Eats, one of the things mm-hmm. you can find there is you going to eat, and this is, you know, in terms of food, you want to talk about a food trend, Nashville hot chicken served in one form or another. I mean, there are 19 yeah. Nashville hot chicken places, all of which I want to eat at, that have popped yeah. up in L.A. in the last, like, I think, hour. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, you you talked about one of the things that this place did was spend a lot of time coming up with a sandwich and a way to cook it and a way to prepare it, fry it, bread it, all these other things that would hold up for the time it takes for somebody to pick it up, yeah. probably take it home, eat it there. Could be 20 minutes, could be a half hour, whatever it is, and still have it taste good. What do you think of, about the way people eat? Um, whether it's sit down in like formal dining versus you know, take more takeouty kind of places, which is obviously an area, you know, cheaper stuff, an area that you know well from doing five seasons of cheap eats. What do you think endures in terms of the ways uh, people have maybe changed some of their habits uh, over the course of this year? You know, it's I can say for us, I have really developed a taste for, we do like meal kit services. So mm-hmm. you get the groceries delivered for a specific meal. Now, a couple of years ago, it, I think my brother-in-law is like, you want to try Blue Apron? I'm like, no, I know how to cook. I'll go to the supermarket. I don't need this package. Have thing. you seen me on any of my seven shows, right. dude? <laughs> do, I, do I look like somebody who owned the pony in high school or leased the pony in high school? Yeah. I can shop for myself. Yeah, go to this little site called youtube.com. You'll find me all over the damn place. <laughs> so um, we, you know, because it's just not easy to go to the grocery store on a whim, um, we started getting these meal kits. And this one particular service we got works with all local farms. And what's interesting is, is when you get these meals, there isn't a lot of meat. It's probably like a third or a quarter protein. There's a big emphasis on the produce. The produce is gorgeous. I mean, like, like Instagram worthy purple carrots and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a new meal. I've never made it before. So it's a bit of an adventure. My wife is super into it. So she's fired up about cooking because normally I do the cooking and stuff. And then we finish these meals. And what's crazy for me is I'm sitting here going, if I was at the store, I would have been like, oh, that's not enough chicken. We should buy more chicken. It was just fine. And I'm eating something that has great produce. I'm using less animal proteins. It's an overall healthier meal. And then when I've tried some places here or there, just on a whim craving something, my palate has changed. Like I have adapted to having these higher end ingredients. I know that's something for myself. 
The other thing, though, is nostalgia is a powerful thing. Like, I love going to In-N-Out Burger last year. You know, like, it's the drive-through. It's a familiar taste. So I, it, it's hard to say. I feel like people miss that normal. They want to taste that normal again. You know what I mean? But I do think, um, look at, like, when it comes to dining out, I'll say this. I would much rather go to a small, expensive, intimate restaurant that does like a two seating thing and then cook way more at home than to just on a whim go, oh, let's go get like takeout Thai. You know what I mean? After this year or a year and a half, continuing after what's happening, I'm looking for the big ticket stuff. You know what I mean? I want, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to spend more and go out less. That's our experience. Yeah, I, I, and I think too, like, so, you know, like I drive by, you know, because we, we don't, look, we have three kids at home. We don't, I, and and I, I, I am not making this up. We do not have a babysitter, like no, phone number. Like I do not have the phone number of a babysitter. I could probably find one if I needed to. But yeah, I mean, anybody with kids, you know how it is where, um, where like you, you know, you, you, you know, the, the act of going out to eat, you know, $150 meal or something, even for a special occasion, you add in the babysitter, you add all this, and now it's a 200, you know? And so for us, like I, I'm almost the opposite. I drive by every noodle house, every, mm-hmm. you know, fried chicken place, every like bar, like small barbecue joint. I want to stop there. Mm-hmm. I have had very little desire other than occasionally like a couple places that I want to go to, um, like a, like the real like the fancy places the sit down places it's really incredible food i i wonder how like the industry is going to figure that out like it's going to be a, when people are back to normal it's going to take a while i think for everybody to figure out what normal is because it's not going to be exactly the same as it was in terms of how we eat a year and a half ago it's not just going to snap back i don't think You know what's interesting? After going through the Texas storm, which was, I mean, talk about like... People don't know you're based in Austin now. You used to live out in LA with us, but now you're in Austin. And, uh, you know, this place literally froze, like the whole state. It's not built for it. Like it was complete chaos, right? Um, When the weather broke, and it was weird, it was six inches of snow in a week, and the whole thing basically almost went off the rails. Man, like just driving around, people were out. They snapped back real quick, and all of a sudden, it was like, "What COVID?" You know. Um, I think that people are gonna want. I mean, you know, I, I just, you know, to me, you know, when I think of like, oh, like a small seating thing, I'm thinking about a sushi restaurant. I'm thinking about something that I, I just, I can't, can't I can do some stuff at that. home. Can't, yeah. can't make that. Can't make that. No, no, no. And 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 the idea of like going out and going, okay, well, I'll spend more if, if my safety is kind of considered as well, you know? And then the other, you know, a big thing we've enjoyed as well has been, um, you know, I mentioned meal kits, meaning stuff you're from scratch preparing. We've been getting, like, essentially meal kits from restaurants, and mm-hmm. some of it's been amazing. And and I think it's kind of this sweet spot for them of going, well, we're doing more than just selling a couple items off the menu. We're kind of moving product at bulk and they're doing you're doing some of the prep at home that's been amazing i've had some really 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 great stuff there are, are just, a lot of restaurants doing i I've, I've seen that, that yeah i've seen that or like doing kind of grocery type things that let you recreate yeah. some of the stuff like I, I just little stuff like that i wonder 
how much like i i was reading the other day about it. i i i really wish i could remember the restaurant like how he's reformed his food to be more takeout friendly to be more mm -hmm. and like i don't know if you shift back to that like you you know there's a lot of infrastructure that goes to into creating a new menu and doing all these things and if like the business model works like do people just shift instantly back to you know higher end dining or whatever it is because i think the other thing that we're learning i is, think it depends on what you're looking for yeah because there's certain i mean it, if you're looking for a high-end experience you can't get that takeout it doesn't mm -hmm. work mm -hmm. i mean part of what part of what you go for is to be treated to something that's that, that's more than just the meal mm -hmm. i mean like it's it's the i mean we're ironically going to be talking about the idea of the experience um with a burger you know, like the, the idea of a burger experience or, but, you know, that's, that's on a smaller scale, but in terms of fine dining or even, you know, a step below fine dining, but just higher end, you're going there in part to be taken care of. Correct. And, yes. and, and the presentation end of it. And I think, I think that can't be replicated, but when you start looking at sort of, I think, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, the middle class of restaurants mm -hmm. and below, I think that's going to be interesting in terms of what Brian's talking about. Also, how do they recycle all of the plexiglass or repurpose it? Like, what are, what are they going to do with all that plexiglass? I know, oh, landfills, I know. landfills. It's going to be terrible. I mean, honestly, you got to figure like it's all Hockey about arenas. being. It's a, it's about being adaptable because you don't know how this thing could bounce back. No one wants to be doomsday, but yes, true. Be realistic. That is true. You know, you don't know. I, you know, to your point of like, you know, you don't, you can't get the fancy thing in a takeout. You should, you shouldn't go to Morton's and get the prime rib to go. What I found fascinating. So for Mother's Day, this great little like French, uh, New Orleansy restaurant here did like this whole like brunch thing. We had this hash brown casserole with cornflakes on it. And like there were instructions of how to like kind of put it all together, but then reheat. You're not cooking it from scratch. And like a whole thing of like a whole mimosa kit. It was so worth it. I mean, it was like ridiculous how much value you were getting for it. And again, it, it's almost like um, it's like they kind of turned into kind of partial catering kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I I guess for me, I hope that doesn't go away because frankly, it's better than getting something hot and then letting it get soggy in the car right over. You know, it's par baked bread. Um, which became a thing that I love. Um, you mentioned In and Out, um, yes. and you are known uh, in part like there's a there's a delicious. What is that? That is a standard. I call it the Ali. Double. If you yeah. must know, I, I yes. literally. This is like, your recipe. Now give us your recipe. Yeah. Okay. When you go to In and Out, what do you say to these people? Okay. Well, the first thing I say is, well, the first you know thing that said, well, the first <laughs> thing that said is my wife going, are you going to make me go through this BS again of me ordering this? And I'm like, yeah. So what you're looking at is a three by two animal style, light lettuce, tomato, chopped chilies. Okay. Now I got this off Reddit. Like I, and, and I mean, I don't mean I just read it. Like I posted back and forth and came up with this. Oh, and there's also, there's a double onion effect. So it's three patties, right? Two slices of cheese. One of the things I always thought was kind of questionable about In-N-Out is why should like you get that much American cheese? I thought the beef to ratio, beef to cheese ratio was a little off. So it's a three patties, two slices of cheese. 
It's animal style. So the mustard is smeared on the patties while it cooks. And it's got the spread. It's got the pickles. And it's got the grilled onions. Now, on Reddit, one of the guys was like, you have to get raw onion too. The double onion effect is critical. And one of the things I have learned over the years is onion and beef are magical together. Absolutely magical. So you got double onion. Now, here's the thing with it. Sometimes people will be like, uh, there's a really famous uh, quote, or quote in my mind, very famous, Carl Ruiz, who was a Food Network chef, he ended up passing away, uh, sadly, two years ago. But he would say when he'd eat in and out he's a New York guy, he goes, it sounds like, it tastes like a hamburger salad. And I think it's because when they put in the lettuce, they can put in the stem of the iceberg, which I think is atrocious. So if you go light lettuce, you just get the leaf. Gotta have tomato. I like tomato. And then the chopped chili. So those pickled cascabel chilies that you can get on the side. If you ask for chopped chilies, they'll take them, chop them up, put it on the burger. The, the chopped chili factor alone, I've had people hit me up going, oh, my God, I had no idea. Okay, th- it's interesting because okay. you you got into something I was going to ask you anyway with the light lettuce and the the issues you have with the iceberg and I guess the, the cut of the iceberg that, the they, that they might use. No stems. Why order it at all? Because you're you, like, why include it at all? Because you're talking about, as you said, one of the least desirable forms of lettuce. Sure. I would argue there's already a fair amount going on in the Ali. Like, what, I, why is right, it? Do, do not be, but you do, you want to get to In and Out before you do because the amount of time it's a slow drive through anyway. And for yeah. you to like go through this to explain to the people, no, it's the Ali. I wanted to, and yeah. like, this is a, this is a lot. And I don't yeah. want to be behind you. I oh, want here's another angle with you. too, by the way. Look. <laughs> oh, so so th- th- that's the proper way to eat it. You take it out of the wrapper and you eat it from the backside first. That's where all the juices have been settling in. The backside, meaning the side that was placed downward in the In back. the wrapper. In oh, the wrapper. Okay. Yeah, in the wrapper. D- gentlemen. So, you know, to your point, <laughs> I'd say this. Uh, to your point, I'd say this. Why add the lettuce? Technically, here's the thing about it. And when people kind of throw shade on it and out, I get it. Look, I mean, the meat's nothing to write home about. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I, I'll say it, Shake Shack, I think, makes a better quality beef patty. in and out is a toppings experience. It's about getting the whole package. And the crunch is huge. Um, I mean, I think it's a texture thing. Um, could I get it without the lettuce? Sure. But, you know, it's a burger. Put it, put, put it all okay. in there. I, I that that is a totally acceptable answer. I just mm-hmm. wondered if there was more to it because it, it was yeah. just interesting to see you order light on something that in your description of it, you're like not that great <laughs> to begin with. So I was just wondering why you included it at all. I think well, look, I, there's a really famous burger in LA, Pine Burger, that people loved a lot. I had the same problem there too. They would just it was like a it was like a wedge. I was like, why is there so much lettuce in? Get this out of here. I like green leaf. Butter is fantastic. I mean, I went to private school with a pony, so of course I love butter <laughs> lettuce. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what? I'll t- also say this too. Growing up, my parents never had cheese on their burgers like they their their idea of a hamburger was lettuce monsters i know (laughs) yeah the the gift of being in america is adding more processed food how how much therapy was uh, required to get when did you call department of children and family (laughs) services (laughs) you know what have yourself removed from that home to this day, I will still say some of the one of the best burgers I've ever had does not come with cheese. I, I think there's a there's a different 
there, there, there's something to be said there. But uh, yeah, I just for me, a burger is like lettuce, tomato, onion. It's hard to get around that. You know, it's hard to get around unless we're at a restaurant and they're like, list, like Father's Office. This is the burger. You don't like it? Get out. That's why I do. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they do. They don't. They yeah. don't give you much in the way of optionality over there. So yeah. that's that, yeah. and then that's what it looks like when you eat it. Um, yeah. And that's delicious. And we will we'll tweet out. Make sure we tweet out the lists, the, the ingredients list of the Ali. It's glorious. It's so the, glorious. The other thing that that you've done, and uh, this is something that you can find on Ali Khan Eats, is the McRib hack. <laughs> yeah, that was I was taking advantage of the internet well, that day. Uh, first of all, so people can, under, this is my favorite part of the, uh, McRib hack before we even dive any further. When you listed the recipe, the first item McRib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. just to make sure people understood. No, really, this is a hack. We are not starting anything from scratch. The foundation. It starts with a McRib, there. but there's a lot. I mean, I'll bring up the post here and we can share the screen while you guys talk. But, you know, you, you say like, you know, it starts with McRib and it looks when you just see the ingredients. So, oh, I'm just going to add a couple things to this. No, you're not. Um, there is a, there is a, a shit ton of stuff that goes yeah. into this. And I'll bring up the screen here while you. So, first of all, is the McRib, because the McRib is a very controversial sandwich. Yeah. Um, by itself, I go through McDonald's once a year during McRib season, everybody freaks out. It's yeah. McRib time. Yeah. Um, is the McRib by itself a good sandwich? No, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, and, and you know, I say that because I was actually, look, I mean, I did this for fun. Because the internet likes things like the McRib and adding a bunch of stuff on it. And I can guarantee you, if you took away the McRib and just made a, a torta with all that stuff, it'd be rocking. Because I went to a great uh, Mexican carniceria market and got all this stuff. Um, I will say, though, because of the internet. Um, you got to make this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, know. Well, I bought that. You can buy that. But yeah. Okay. okay. The, the cost alone is insane, but I mean, that has some of my best homemade salsas and, and all this stuff in there. I mean, I will say this. I think that you can pretty much add a taco stand flavor profile to anything and it's going to be good. Um, I think barbecue and Mexican food are made to really go together. And that's part of it is just being down here in Texas and stuff. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. Look at that picture. Well, of I mean, yeah. yeah. Tex-Mex yeah. is a thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, yeah. there it's not an it's not an accident. I mean, since you bring that up, yeah, that you know, those two uh flavors mm -hmm. would would find some type of uh common ground or you mm -hmm. know, congruity because you know, as as a region, you're gonna have a, a lot of mixing up. You know, my my wife's family is from Texas, mm. and my mother-in-law, whenever she comes here, she likes the Mexican food, or at least a lot of it. But to her, it tastes very different than what right. she's, you know, become accustomed to think of Mexican food as a Mexican American, you right. know, and, and you know, neither is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But she thinks she thinks in some ways the Mexican food out here tastes weird, like not even yeah. bad, but weird. Yeah, no, I get it. And look, I mean, look in, in your own backyard, Tito's Tacos, right? I remember first going to Tito's, and I was like. You know, I, I was never blown away by it, but people were like, oh, it's Tito's, it's a legend. Years later, I'm like, oh, Tito's isn't any good. It's to it, it's it's important, it's valid, it's got a story, 
Taco Bell has a story. Like, you yeah. know, like Mexican food. I mean, of course, I could sit there and go, I mean, swear to God, I've had Coach Nita Cabil in Mexico from a lady who makes it one day a week. That thing is like some of the most amazing <laughs> eating I've ever had. But, you know, it, it, it's hard to just kind of dismiss what five generations of Americans, Mexican Americans growing up and adapting their food. And also, too, like, you know, um, I always notice this, but I'm from Mexico. I always forget ordering a burger. You're never that good. Why am I getting a burger? But in in Texas, and and to be fair, like a lot of the states in Mexico that border Arizona and stuff, cattle farming is a big deal. Um, flour tortillas and brisket are delicious. I mean, you just yeah. have to get it out of your head. You're not going to get a sizzling fajita platter from the chilies at the airport. You are going to get something cool. It's just, just probably just not good. as authentic like, I, as the chilies. <laughs> airport yes. experience well, you know, we we had yeah. we had josh share on you know the mythical chef who does you yeah. know, some fun so we have him on and like he's one of his big things is like sort of railing against the concept of not so much the concept of authenticity mm -hmm. but the militancy with which people judge things based on authenticity because obviously certain things are more authentic to a particular region than others mm -hmm. but taco bell isn't inauthentic for what it is but what it is isn't really supposed to be reminding you of what you know your ancestors got in oaxaca like it's that's not yeah. what it is it is authentic yeah. to the experience of sort of american fast food and whatever and you know what i gotta be honest with you i, I don't go anymore because i'm a little older i have eight stents in my heart um i am a little more calorie conscious um yeah my my tummy doesn't respond as well to certain things as you. No fast food restaurant produces food that consistently makes me go, "Holy fuck, I want to eat that more than Taco Bell." Wow. Literally, all like almost everything they put out, I including that ridiculous breakfast waffle chicken and waffle taco thing that they just like. I want to eat that. I want to eat everything that they make. And in the rare times when I just break down and go get something there, it's good. Like the yeah. food tastes good. It is. Yeah. I don't care if it's authentic or not. But that's not what I'm, you know, we have a certain snobbery, and this was Josh's point, about authenticity that I think prevents people from just enjoying things that taste good. Or recognizing that authenticity isn't a linear A or B black or white thing. Yeah, and I, you know, I just also think too, like, and it's a social Sorry, that was my Taco age. Bell rant. No, it's it's fine. It, it made me think about how I used to love the French fries and the chicken soft taco at Del Taco. And 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 whenever I have it, I'm like, this is garbage. But the memory <laughs> of like somehow this creamy chicken taco experience with basically tacos and fries. Don't 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 slight that. Don't slight that. Um, I you know I you know what I think it is too is I just think we're in an age where it's just like people just throw shade like. You suck. You know what I mean? And, and and food's another thing. Food's just another thing. I mean, like, you know, it's like everything's like all of a sudden everything's like a, a sports rivalry. Like, I like this taco place. The place sucks. You suck. You need to go to my taco team. Your taco team's garbage. We're going to destroy you in the playoffs. And it's like, I mean, oh, what's going on? I think it is fair to say, and by the way, uh, we, we thank everybody consuming this show on social media. Social media has ruined everything. Like social media has really ruined like humanity as a culture. Like just every like social media is, is in a, the internet. I've said this before. The internet is in a lot of ways the best and the worst thing that yeah. ever happened to this planet. 
like you know there there are certain elements of convenience and function and you know before you know you can get good information from the internet and just in terms of, of finding things it is also in a lot of ways the worst thing that ever happened to us in terms of just exposing us to each other in our worst forms yeah. because we I mean, we have this apparatus now to do it you know instantaneously largely with no ramifications and we as human beings were not meant to communicate with strangers that way <laughs> on a mass scale there's something with certainly to be said about dealing with mental your own mental health and the internet like the other day i got like a dm and it set me off and i was like this would not have happened if a i wasn't like looking at my dms all the time you know what i mean but be like how this person who i met once in my life you know what i mean like this this entire yeah. whatever misunderstanding completely happened because of um because of social media yeah it's crazy you know it's amplified us all you know in the end of the day the internet is like giving hu human beings superpowers you know i mean we want to use it responsibly but even superman messes up so I don't know what to tell you. He got suckered into giving up his powers in Superman 2. Got him back. And, and then he got him back in ways that back. were never quite explained. <laughs> like I, I, I'm kind of reeling about Henry Henry Cavill, right? Did he did he just get the papers? Is he out? He's no longer Superman? They already I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't I, know. I I'm, so. I'm too busy hiding from the Snyder Cut. I, I just read it was four hours. Yeah. Like re seriously, like recapture the Snyder Cut. Like that sounds insane. I I don't know. I, I'm sure at some point I'll, I'll be I'll have the time to watch Aquaman, but I'm kind of like it. Nope. No, trust me. I don't watched make the time. about seven minutes of Aquaman with my kids. I was like, I no nope, leaving, leaving. They just care figure it out over at DC. That's like a TBS TNT movie night. You know, I'm like, oh, it's on mm. TNT. I guess I'll watch it. I'm I, I'm telling you, it, by definition, that means Ali, you have cable. You can find something else. Mm -hmm. I, I know. I know. Well, that's the problem. It's like you know, I have it's I pay for HBO Max, and yet somehow I'm watching movies with commercial breaks. HBO TV. Max, the catalog is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can find tons and tons of movies on HBO Max. Like you know, going back, forget you know, seventies, sixties, fifties, older. Like they they have a shockingly big collection and like a shockingly big library. I did yeah. not expect that when when I ended up subscribing. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, the, the the streamers are they're not content is king apparently, which is why we're all here doing this. I mean, our streaming library is going to be magnificent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick before we before we I have a couple other things we want to do before we let you go. Okay. Is this thing is this thing that you did with a McRib yeah. something that you would recommend? doing to a lot of fast food like should we be taking our fast food home and messing with it in this way you know the lesson i learned from this is that you should be everyone should be making mexican tortas at home um i think everything i put on there is delicious and if you instead of putting it on a mcrib if you put it on a carnitas uh, uh torta sandwich that'd be super mm -hmm. super awesome but well, like, if i just brought yeah. home like a wendy's fried chicken sandwich put the same stuff on top it would be delicious i've had an idea about that um have you ever had a uh, butter chicken the indian curry dish yes yeah. so delicious. basically all you do and I, I i have a recipe on the blog for it but i've saved some of the extra sauce and full disclosure i totally got this from a 
a recipe um, that went viral. Like literally, they call this woman. You spend a lot of time on Reddit, don't you? Not really. No, I'm not that millennial. I just I, I bragged about it once or twice. You guys, you, know? you have you have an extra ten minutes at the end of the show for conspiracy theories, right? Like, uh, I, 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 I assume that. that's I'm I'm here to promote the food uh, Food Network Spring Baking Championships and conspiracy theories on the Reddit. That's why the I'm closest here. I get to that is is the Traeger forum. That's it. That's as far <laughs> better as for recipe. Better okay. for recipes. Reddit or subreddit. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know the difference. I know, subre subreddit is like I, if my understanding is correct, subreddit is like the dark internet version of Reddit. <laughs> like subreddits are just subreddits are just subreddits yeah. are just like categories. I thought inside Reddit, it I is, know. but it is my understanding. The further you go into the sub, <laughs> the more yeah. it well, that's can at least. True. Can I ask yeah. you a question? I have, and you don't have to get deep into this, but. I every time I see a Traeger, I have deep Traeger envy. Is it is it am I am I working myself up over something that that I shouldn't be jealous about, or is it worth worthy of the envy? Um, I would say you know, and full disclosure, like you know, I got a Traeger grow, so you know what I mean. Like I have to I have to put that out there. Um, you know, I I, I have two grows. Um, I have one that's like a, basically like a giant fire pit where you raise the grates up and down and I have this Traeger. Um, the Traeger, it's interesting. Like I, I thought, oh cool, I'll plug it in and the magic box will do all the work. But it's not quite exactly it. Like making barbecue is tremendously difficult. Like smoking meat for hours means you have to do something for hours and hours and hours. Like do you want to do a 12 hour job? Who wants to do a 12 hour job? <laughs> No one wants to do that. That's what happens when you make a brisket at a minimum. Um, I think that there are a lot of pellet grills out on the market. I think that when you get one, it's a big, you have to really kind of ask yourself, like, ah, is this something you really want to do? You want to smoke meats and stuff all the time? I will say this, for someone who loves to build a big fire, it's work to control fire to get it to cook perfectly. Like, God, I made burgers the other day at my cast iron scope that I was like, this is perfect. I don't need to go out to eat. You know what I mean? Like, the, the old stove does a miraculous job. <laughs> but um, I think, like, you know, the Traeger and, and pellet grills in general get into, like, you know, weekend, you know, I, I, this is a thing I kind of put on my site, like weekend warrior stuff. It's like something, you know, it, it becomes, the event is, is, the point as much as whatever you're eating off of it. Um, it takes work to figure it out. And I, I mean, I've done four rounds of ribs and a collective time of, I don't know, like six hours to do these ribs, right? You know what I mean? The whole thing beginning to end. It's, uh, it, you're going down a big old rabbit hole. And, and but I, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, uh, a friend of mine got a Napoleon gas grill. He loves it. He raves about it. You know, um, I think it's, I just, it's just, but maybe it is, maybe I'm just looking at the end products, like with all of these things where I, I want to, I, maybe I want to think of myself as somebody who would make beautiful smoked meats, but I'm probably not. You know, I'll tell you something. Um, the Traeger, any pellet grill will give you some of that flavor, but I mean, I live in Austin, you know, like I live a mile and a quarter away from phenomenal central texas barbecue and i don't think you can necessarily say a pal even though they use those in those competitions which is pretty crazy what, what is remarkable about and the trigger is a well-made product we'll say it um it gets things so juicy my epiphany lately has been i don't need sear i want perfectly cooked even cooking 
You know, um, like I have friends who get the sous vide and they're like, they love it because it's uh, they're batting a thousand every time. Um, what a, I try to tell you, with Traeger, you get a, it, it's amazing as an oven. Um, and it is like sausages and stuff like that. Things that you don't necessarily think of as like, oh, they need gentle cooking. Then it's very, very, very interesting. Okay. It's, it's all I, was just, I was just curious. I, yeah. You mentioned it. I, I needed yeah. to know. Yeah. Okay, I have a I have a question for you, Ali, in terms of pure curiosity. Um, and it was sparked from seeing uh, one of the recipes over on Ali Eat, uh, about the Vietnamese turkey uh, meatballs. Yeah, and there's been an interesting trend for my wife over the last several years, and she loves red meat. Like, it, if it were, you know feasible and sensible she would eat like a steak every single day for the rest of her life and be happy mm -hmm. she has grown to dislike ground beef like mm -hmm. she's become a big ground turkey person whether you're talking about turkey burgers mm -hmm. you know turkey tacos enchiladas pastas whatever like she she's decided that ground beef like tastes almost like like dirt in it or like a mm -hmm. dirt type texture to her and she doesn't she doesn't like the feel of it the taste of it as much as she does now ground turkey, which she loves in everything, okay. but does love red meat. As somebody who, you know, in this recipe, you describe yourself as, you know, you were big into the ground turkey in the 90s. Yeah. And it sounds like it's still a part of your life, uh, whether because you like it enough or your wife is more into it, whatever. Yeah. Is there anything that you can account for as a possibility for how that can happen? I mean, I will say that, and, and this kind of ties into the COVID. And she says hi, by the way, too. Oh, awesome. Hey, Anna. Um, <laughs> so what, one of the things I find is um, Shut you know, up. Just, just realistic, just being realistic about, um, you know, uh, shopping in COVID is sometimes I'll go to the nice butcher shop. You know what I mean? It costs a lot more money, but I don't want to get sick in the giant supermarket and I can buy it off the cuff or whatever. You know, break meat, like, you know, it, it's not smoke and mirrors. You know what I mean? Like, when you spend more money on meat, you will taste flavors and differences. There's no doubt about it. I would almost argue, too, if you really, I don't do this because it's too much work, but grinding your own hamburger, that's really the way to go. Mm -hmm. You know? Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it, there is a real night and day thing there. What I find with ground turkey was I was just like, I, 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 I like, there, there's a taste of beef albeit with just a little bit uh, minimal accoutrements like salt or whatever. Like, okay, there's that beefy flavor. But ground turkey to me is a completely blank canvas. I don't feel like I can overwhelm it. And that's precisely why I like doing those meatballs. I was like, I got a ton of ginger, cilantro, fish sauce, all these aggressive flavors. And I actually think that those on something like ground turkey, a more neutral protein or, or ground pork, makes a lot more sense. Um, and really, I was just like, I, I mean, there was a time where I was like, you know, one time, you know, you get some supermarket and you're like, this stuff's gross. I'm not eating it anymore. I'm writing you off. Vegan age, we're done. We're done. I don't know where where things went south, but I'm done with you. Um, and I felt that way with ground turkey. I just got that funky batch. But I don't know, for some reason lately, I've been liking it. And the times I've liked it have been really both times in meatball form. So like um, we did, my wife did it one. It's great for meatballs. She put Parmesan and we used the air fryer. It's delicious. And like, I, I oh. swear, this whole recipe was built on, I had a ton of 
ton of ginger and I had some cilantro. And I just, this is like the third world to me. I feel bad about throwing away even an ingredient that costs 10 cents like cilantro. So I was like, I'm going to take all this stuff and use it. And uh, it ended up being totally delicious. Um, you know, even in your recipe, you, you justify throwing away the tops of the green onion because they were wilted. Like, yeah, I'm not wasteful. Yeah. They were yeah. wilted. Yeah, no, they were they were beat. They were beat. I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And then I mean, this uh, looks really good. And actually, you know, really you do good. something in here that that it gets to both uh both recipes, both your McRib hack and this is the the addition of pickled ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Explain I mean, that. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> I, I think anything acid is a fantastic flavor. Um, I love chimichurri. Uh, any good sauce is going to have it in there too. Sriracha as vinegar, like acid is very, very, very important. And you know, it, it's weird. I will say this, like part of cooking food more and taking pictures of it is like, I grew up on big, beautiful, ugly, brown, delicious bowls of curry. Right. But now having an eye for going, well, I, I have to try and make it look pretty. It is kind of cool to kind of go, Oh, let me add the radishes in there and the pickled ginger for color and stuff like that. So, yeah, basically, I'm just trying. So, to yeah, you become again, you become so bougie. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's interesting though. I mean, we we've, we've reached this place now where you know cooking has always been art in the sense of the creativity involved with it, and I, I do really believe that there's artistry to it. But now, part of that artistry, because of the world we live in and social media, it's become this visual media mm-hmm. that like really pe- people expect like a certain amount of presentation and mm-hmm. like a, like aesthetics now that go with it that I, I, that I don't think was the same case when we were growing up. No way. And, and I, I, you know, it's funny because part of it is I know that like gumbo is amazing and it looks ugly. Okay. Yeah. You know, like you have to think about all the ways, like you put it a small bit of it on some rice and then throw in some green and you can make it visual and stuff like that. But at the same time, part of me is like, I mean, look, this is God's honest truth. And we think we talk about this on, on spring baking is uh, brown foods are delicious. They're delicious. I mean, you talk about a seared steak. That's a Maillard reaction. There's actual science of chemical compounds being formed that is basically flavor. Uh, cornbread, the best parts, the edge, the pie, mm-hmm. the crust is where all the flavor It's Pie is, and we talk about this on spring baking too. It's not the filling, it's the crust. You get the crust right and golden and basically cooked down, there is all that flavor, you know? I'll tell you one thing on spring bacon, it's kind of amazing, and I'm, I'm a savory more than sweets guy. The smell of baked butter in the air is yeah. amazing. That is good. It, and it is no, and I mean, we're talking like nine, ten cooking stations of it, you know? It's like wafting. Um yeah, you know, brown food, brown food's good. It's good. I got to do the next the, the next thing I'm going to make or that I'm going to post is definitely like that. I stole that from David Chang, by the way, Ugly Delicious. But like I make a Nahari, which is a Pakistani style curry, almost always made with beef. And uh, I made it, I, I braised a brisket. Actually, it's kind of funny. I used a brisket recipe from um, Sunday Suppers, the Luke restaurant, uh, Luke, Suzanne Goins restaurant. So, like, I don't know if I would, I wouldn't call this classic Jewish brisket per se, but it's definitely closer, you know, a braised brisket. No. And then I just like it. took it. I took it to Lahore. So uh, that's my next recipe. Our, ours could use a little stepping up at times, I got to be honest, <laughs> in terms of the, I, the classic I'm 57. Jewish recipe. 
I, I enjoy it. I, I made. I remember I made one with Heinz Fifty Seven. But the key is this: you don't eat it the same day. You eat it the next day. The next yeah. day is where it really gets more complex. The flavors build. Yeah. Look at your face. Look how excited you are. This is this is like almost sensual. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's uh, dirty. I feel a little like we're we're the, eavesdropping. The podcast version of this is going to get an E rating, right? To be honest, I feel like we're dropping it on a private moment here. It, um, it's the ring light. I, I invested in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need one. But like, I'm constantly moving around the house as to where we do this. If we have to tape during the day, and yeah. today I'm in the the room with the worst lighting is the boys' room. Because uh, the kids are downstairs in school. Kelly, my wife, is using her room, uh, our bedroom, and the little thing for to, to do her work. And uh, the baby is sleeping. So all that's left is this room. So I could use a ring light. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, spring Baking Championships. Every Monday, 9 p.m. Pacific, you can see Ali. You can watch him. You won't get to see you eat the food, but we now know you get to taste it. No, no, uh, I eat it. You'll, I mean, it, they may cut it out because yeah, they, I haven't seen. I'm, it. No model, I'm no model. when I eat. I'm not. <laughs> um, I, I do eat. I eat everything though. I eat everything. Nice. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. Um, and what else? When do we find the the, the show with you and Sonny on Discovery Plus? When do, uh, how do it, I see it, that? It's streaming. You just got to look it up uh, on the platform. My fave versus your fave. Very good. And uh, watch all the Cheap Eats, all five episodes of uh, seasons of Cheap Eats, all five episodes, which would still be good. But still five seasons is better. Respectable run. Respectable <laughs> run. Five, I've never we were talking about this before you came on. It's, it's difficult to get any show up and yeah. running, much less just yeah. five episodes, much less five seasons. Five seasons is yeah. better, though. Which is where you're at. Yeah, um, so good. congratulations on all this stuff going on, man. It's good to catch up. And uh, yeah. we will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again. We miss yeah. you, buddy. I know, a man. I can't win when this thing is when this thing is over. I'm coming to LA with a vengeance. I can't. Win. <laughs> there you go. All right, talk to you soon, man. All right, guys. And there you have it, Ali Khan. There we go. Michael Ali Khan from all the different Food Network programming. You can also catch. His stuff on YouTube, the guy is everywhere. He's awesome. He's a great dude and knows a lot about food. Ollie's got a great, great gig, Brian. It is. It is a good one. Uh, it is something that I would love to do. Um, yeah. But it's too late for that. Um, I, we will make sure to post the full recipe for what he told people to get at the In-N-Out. Um, I think even our friend Gustavo Ariano, who is not an In-N-Out guy, um, might agree that that thing kind of looked good. Um, so a lot to, uh, to do over the course of the week tomorrow. We'll be back to the NBA. Anthony Slater from the athletics going to join us. Uh, he's covered, he covered the Lakers. A lot of Lakers fans remember him cover the Lakers in the bubble, um, along with Bill Orem. And now he's back up in the Bay area. Uh, but just a great guy on the NBA Wednesday. We are endeavoring to get, uh, another NBA guest to kind of talk about basically the halfway point. Are there games Thursday, Andy? No, well, I don't I think, think the Clippers play Thursday. Like, I don't Do know. They like, try, I mean, traditionally, maybe. I mean, well, I was going to say traditionally there are no games Thursday, Friday, but it's a different year. Makeups are needed, et cetera, et cetera. I Clippers I do play. About, Clippers oh. play this. Yeah, the Clippers right. play on the fourth and the eleventh. They get screwed. Huh? Uh, yeah, that is that Lakers is actually like really this. short. Yes. Well, you know what? No, maybe. 
maybe the league would have had more sympathy for the Clippers if they had been in the bubble longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it. If they had That's been right. there a little bit longer, not maybe if Lou Williams had been a little round. more responsible, taking yes. it a little more seriously. Lakers, meanwhile, for a frame of reference, the Lakers play on the third and then the twelfth, so they get a, mm-hmm. uh, an additional day on both sides. I think um, they, the league probably heard LeBron's lobbying. He was not subtle. No, uh, nor not. should he have been. I'm Trayvon Edwards. Uh, Trayvon Edwards going to join us on uh, Thursday, and then on Friday, Steve Mason. Yes, our buddy. Uh, We're excited for that. We haven't talked I, to Mason in a while. I know we haven't seen him in a while. We'll see how the 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 pandemic. You know, if he's got any sort of weird beard or anything like that. Like who who knows? He's too um, vain for a weird beard. He's way too. You would think that. Way but people surprise you sometimes. Not him. That's true. I I, I you you want to bet on this one? I'm very confident betting Steve does not have the weird beard going. <laughs> I am weird beard. very. I mean, look how long it took Mace to acknowledge and reveal the actual color of his hair. Mm-hmm. That is not a guy going to pandemic beard. No, no, no. He actually took longer to do that than he did to reveal he was gay. I know. It, it, it's true. By a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, years. Years. <laughs> years. Year. Yeah. Oh, look. You Steve's and I hair coming out was much more difficult for him. I think. Well, I was going to say you and I have, and we'll, we'll talk about the uh, this with Mace on Friday. You and I have known Mace for a long time. He revealed to us very early in our relationship with him that that he was gay. I had no idea about nope. the hair nope. until he revealed. Like not a clue. That wasn't even being whispered around uh, around the studio. There, there was no. sometimes speculation about whether or not it was real hair. But nobody thought that it was actually dyed. I didn't no. know anybody who knew that. Um, so we'll, we'll have Steve on Friday uh, and then the All-Star break, kind of do some fun stuff while uh, while sports kind of go on pause. I will tell you, do not come here for your big NCAA tournament analysis. Like That's not going to happen on the late night happy hour. Not good. One. Uh, no. So uh, Laker games tomorrow and Wednesday, a lot of NBA action, which we'll, we'll talk about here. Get everybody ready for the All-Star break and uh, cool stuff. See you. Thanks again to Ali Khan. Watch the Spring Breaking Championships, everyone. Yeah. See, you, see you all tomorrow. Donkey need a lot.